And if you're not in a connect group, then you're really missing out a lot about what Centerpoint has to offer. And I want to let you know of a new and exciting way that you can search for connect groups in your area. My Centerpoint is a link on our website that allows you to search for connect groups, to uh, communicate with your connect group and your serve teams once you're involved in that. Uh, you can also sign up for a mission trip or register for an event. It's an amazing way that you can actually communicate with Centerpoint with information that is relevant just to you. To sign up for your My Centerpoint account, simply go to our website, centeringlives.com. Then click on the My Centerpoint box in the middle right of the screen. To log in, click here next to the need to login, then enter your email address and first and last name, then click Find Me. If you are in our database, you'll receive a confirmation screen letting you know that your username has been emailed to you. Go to your email and open to verify your email and set your password. If you are new or you have never filled out a connect card, you may not be in our database system and you may receive a message that says we are unable to locate your records. If so, contact the church office and we'll help you get set up. Once you log into your account, you'll be able to view available connect groups, update your personal information, give online, register for events and classes, and even mission trips. We hope you'll take advantage of this tool that will help you be more connected here at Centerpoint. Hey, good morning, everyone. I'm John Schmidt, the senior pastor here at Centerpoint, and we're always trying to help us help each other connect because at Centerpoint, it's all about relationships. And today, I want to talk with you about how to have a no regrets year in 2017. That's our series, No Regrets. And today, we're going to talk about how to love with no regrets. Because if, if I want to have a year, when I look back at 2017, if I want to say, hey, I made the most of 2017, how I treated my relationships and how I loved others is the smartest thing I can do to prevent uh, any regrets from ever forming. So I don't think anybody here wants to have a regrettable year. I talked to a friend recently who had eaten at a restaurant and ordered the spiciest thing on the menu to see if they could uh, tolerate it, and they regretted that decision. Okay. Uh, the next day, they told me they were still regretting that decision. Anyway, uh, I don't want to end up at the end of the year with a regret like that. I want to say, how do I make the most of it? And today, we're going to talk about this. So all the stuff we do with our software and other things, just to help us connect better and to help us make the most of the time we have together. So I'm going to have a word of prayer for us, and we're going to jump right in. There's an outline entitled Loving with No Regrets. And uh, after that, you can raise your hand for a pen, and uh, we'll get going. Lord, I don't want to regret one second of this message. I don't want to regret one minute of this day. I don't want to regret one month of this year. And so, Father, I pray that today you'll speak, you'll move me out of the way, and teach us some things that are important about loving others. Lord, we get to the end of this year, there are going to be some things that, um, like the end of this last year, Lord, there were some things we wish we could have done differently. But, Lord, I pray that this, at the end of 2017, we won't have any regrets when it comes to how we treated others. So, Lord, I pray... Um, that you will do your business in our hearts. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Uh, if you need a pen, just raise your hand. A, uh, uh, point A on your outline, love is the wisest investment we can make. If I told you you could get the best return on investment investing in this fund or in this piece of property or 
whatever else the investment opportunity would be, and it turned out to be that you got a great return on investment, you'd want to tell everybody too. Well, the Bible says that if we're going to invest our time and our resources into anything this next year, we ought to invest it into love. Here's the way the Apostle Paul put it. If I could speak in all the languages of earth and angels, but I didn't love others, I'd only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and understood all of God's secret plans and I possessed all knowledge and I had such faith I could move mountains, but I didn't love others, I'd be nothing. If I gave everything to the poor and even sacrificed my body, well, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I'd have gained nothing. There are three things that will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. Paul said, if you want to invest in anything this next year, it's going to be love. I mean, if we think about it at the end of the year, if we go, yeah, what did you spend your time on? Well, I really spent my time on building some new relationships. I really spent some time this last year reconciling with some people that uh, we'd just gotten separated over years. Who's going to call that a waste of time? In fact, you go, wow, that's great. How'd you do it? Well, that's what we're going to be talking about today. In fact, we're going to talk about seven resolutions we can make. It's not too late to make resolutions this year. But I'm telling you, the area that we need to make them in, Paul says it's in love. Now, look, there are great books you could read, and we could have all knowledge. But Paul says you might learn everything. You could go take a course that would improve your understanding, and that's a wise thing to do. But if you don't have love, who cares how much you know? You could sacrifice and say, hey, I I really uh, contributed a lot to this cause or that cause. But if we did it for false motives and not out of love, people go, well, you know, whatever. But if we do things out of love... Paul says, man, that's going to change your life. Now, look, the other note here in your outline is this, is loving others is also the most, it's not only the best investment we can make, it's the most powerful testimony we can have. It is. When people see us loving others, putting others' needs ahead of our own, I'm giving you a new commandment, Jesus said, love each other just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you're my disciples. That was the night before he was crucified. He said, guys, this is the commandment, love each other. Just love each other. The whole world is going to be blown away by this. And as you see this, as we unpack some things we could do, when you and I actually put love into practice, man, our world is thirsty for that. We are dying for that. People want to see people who genuinely love others. We do, and so do others. So love is the wisest investment we can make. B, love is also an act of the will. You could write in there, it's a choice. I have to choose to love. Listen to what Paul said in that same passage. Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It's not, it does not demand its own way. It's not irritable, and it keeps no records of being wronged. I'll just stop right there and make a comment. I read this passage a lot at wedding ceremonies. It's not a wedding passage. It's about Christians get along with each other, but it certainly fits right here because I talk about the, love, the vows of love that couples are making are always a choice. You know, I mean, even the whole business here about not being rude or irritable and keeping no records of being wronged. I mean, you can ask anybody who's been married for more than six weeks, and they'll tell you that love is a choice, okay, because it is. I know that uh, one fellow told me after being married for a while, he said, yeah, every time my wife and I get in a fight, she goes historical. And I went, you mean she goes hysterical? No, historical. She brings up everything I've ever done wrong, okay? That's the way it works. Okay, well, if I'm not going to bring up everything that my spouse has done wrong, and she's here now. She's never really done that many things wrong. I just want to get that on record. Okay, but anyway, uh, but if I'm bringing up everything that my spouse has done wrong, and so are you, well, if I'm going to avoid that and say I'm going to stay focused on this problem, that's a choice because that's not my human nature. I mean, when I love others, 
I have to choose to do that. I mean, if I'm going to be patient, that's a choice. Because patience implies that something's making me wait, and I don't like waiting. Keeping no record of wrongs implies I've been wronged. So this is a choice, and that's terribly important that we understand this. It doesn't rejoice about injustice. It always rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It's always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. And now you know why that's the most powerful testimony we could ever have. I mean, when you see love like that, you go, I want that. When you meet a couple that's been married 50 years and they complete each other's sentences and they just hang out together and they're just completely in love and they tell you stories of how they've sacrificed for each other and they've prayed for each other. Or when I get to do a funeral for people or one of the spouses has passed away like that and the other person is standing there going, this person just gave me their life. And there's nobody who walks away from that unmoved. And we go, I want that. Well, God wants us to want that. God wants us to give that. And God promises to help us love others that way. That brings us to point one. We love others because Christ first loved us. I mean, he's the source of love. This isn't just a, a lesson in here. Here's some things we need to do and, you know, gut it out. Hope you guys can figure this out. This is going to God and saying, God, you're going to have to give me that kind of love if I'm going to be able to pass it on. First John 4, John said this, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so we might have eternal life through him. Now, this is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us. And he sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. We love each other because he loved us first. I mean, God loved us first. He sent Jesus into the world, not only to die on the cross for our sins and pay the penalty, but establish a right relationship with God, an ongoing relationship. God also promises us his Holy Spirit to empower us. That's what makes sense out of the next verse there in 1 Thessalonians 3.12. And may the Lord make your love for one another and for all people grow and overflow just as our love for you overflows. I mean, we fall in love with Christ and we spend time in his word and we worship him and we take our burdens to him and pray. Well, then all of a sudden we find courage when we were afraid to take a step out in a relationship before. All of a sudden we find an honest humility and we're able to admit we're wrong. All of a sudden we find compassion for people that we had no compassion for. And it's an overflow. I mean, when I come to Christ and I say, God, I, I need you to empower me. And I spend time meditating on his word. I spend time in fellowship and in worship. My attitude changes. My mind changes. And all of a sudden I have the strength to do things I've never been able to do before. Can anybody else verify that this happens when we draw close to God? Raise your hand high if you've experienced that. Okay, this is God's power in your life. So I'm not telling us today, I'm going to give you some resolutions here. I'm not saying, hey, gut it out on willpower. Last week we introduced this. We're not talking about willpower in this series. We're talking about real power that comes from God. And then it's an overflow. But that's why it's so important and why we spend all this time. We had some up there about how to get connected and get in a connect group. That's why it's so important for us to have time with other Christians too so we can help each other do these very things. And that brings us to the next point. Love is both words and actions. All too often... We can say, well, okay, I might even be able to say some nice things, but it's more than just talk. It's putting words into actions. Let's not merely say we love each other, 1 John 3.18. Let's show the truth by our actions. 
Hebrews 10, 24. Let's think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good deeds. Love and good works. I mean, acts of love, what the Bible talks about in the seven things you'll see on the inside of your outline, these are things we can do. Back to the wedding ceremony when I'm talking about this passage, when we're making vows in marriage, vows of love, the vows are vows of things we can do, not vows of feelings. Our culture all around us, we talk about love like it's a, just a feeling. Well, I felt like loving you. I didn't feel like loving you. I fell into love. I fell out of love. And so we go burn through relationships, and we're going back and forth and back and forth. And only after a while do many of us realize, sadly, it takes us a number of broken hearts and hurt feelings a lot of times before we finally realize, hey, if I'm going to love, that's a choice that I have to do when my feelings tell me not to do it. I mean, true love is when you do something in spite of the circumstances. When I'm patient, you, patient with you when you don't deserve patience. When I'm sacrificing for you whether you ever notice it or not. When I'm giving because I just love you. Now that's real love. I can't always promise to have butterflies every time I see my wife. I can't promise that every single time that I come home, she's going to meet me at the door and go, darling, I've missed you. I aimed the car as close as I could, but I missed you. No, or something like that, you know. Hey, the truth is, is that at times in our lives, when we have to choose, we're going to have to choose this, but these are actions. I can't choose to always feel in love. I can't choose to always feel like doing the right things, but I can choose to do the right things even when I don't feel like it. And that brings us to the resolutions. Resolutions are things you do because you've resolved to do them, whether you feel like it or not. And it's never too late to start those. And so we're going to use this whole month to talk about things. Hey, if I want a no regrets year, at the end of 2017, how am I going to do it? Well, here are seven things that I want to recommend for you to consider. If you can do one of these, it'll help. If you did all seven, if we all did all seven of these things, we would get to the end of the year and say, this is the best year of my life. Because we would have invested in the greatest thing. These are all acts of love. So first of all, resolved, this year I will make amends with people I offend. I wish I could tell you this year that you will offend no one. But I hate to tell you this, you're going to blow it. There are things you're going to say this year that you wish you had not said. Some of you have already blown it already. You've done really well. You've made, you're, you're clicking, okay? No, the truth is we all will say things we shouldn't say. Some of us will do things we shouldn't do. There'll be things we should do that we've left undone. Well, how are we going to handle it when we blow it? What am I going to do? What are you going to do when you blow it? Well, the Bible tells us to make amends. Here's what Jesus said. So if you're standing before the altar in the temple, if you're at worship, offering a sacrifice to God, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice beside the altar. Go be reconciled to that person. Then come and offer your sacrifice to God. In other words, Jesus is saying, look, If you want to come and worship me, you know what I want as an act of worship? I want you to put the relationships with others very high on your list. I want it it to be something. I don't want you to come and give me words of praise. I want you to put this into practice. So if you're at worship, if you realize, hey, I'm on my way to worship, but there's something that I need to make an apology, pick up the cell phone and call. Do it right now. He would say, he said, leave it right here. Leave your gift. Go make it right. Then come back. Now, what if we actually put that into practice and we said, God, I want to come worship you with a pure heart. I know you want this. I mean, as a dad myself, if my kids are fighting, 
the biggest thing I want them to do is I want them to reconcile. And if I know that as an earthly father, well, how much does our heavenly father want that? Now, here's a wonderful little phrase that we all need to learn, and you can write this in the margin. It's just a few, few words. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. Can we say those words together, please? I'm sorry. I was wrong. Please forgive me. I mean, think if we actually said that. Think if this year, people we offended last year, before we get any further into this year, we called somebody this week and said, hey, I want to have a great year this year. And I realized last year, I did something that, I believe I did something that really offended you. I want you to know this. I'm terribly sorry. I was wrong. Can you please forgive me? And we need to do this in private, not on Facebook. Okay, that would be disastrous. And it needs to be a genuine apology, not, I'm sorry you're so sensitive, but because you are, forgive me. That won't work. This is a genuine apology of, I want to make amends. And you know what? We don't have to wait this year. If I realize I said something wrong or did something wrong in a meeting and it's two hours later, I don't have to wait till the end of the year. I can make that amend, I can make amends that day. In fact, the sooner we do it, the less damage that's done to the relationship. Agreed? What if that was a resolution? This year, I'll make amends with people I offend as soon as I realize it. If you're not sure how to handle it, get counsel. Get a good friend and say, I really want to make offends and uh, make amends. <laughs> I want to make offends. That's perfect. Okay, I want to make amends. How do I do it? Well, get counsel. If you need help, I love advising people on that. I love even times going with people when they make an apology because they're just nervous. And I've had to get to walk beside them and go, let's go make that apology now. And it's just amazing when people reconcile. I mean, think at the end of the year. At the end of the year, hey, are there any unreconciled relationships in your life? No, we're good. That's a great year. No regrets. Secondly, I'm going to resolve that this year I'll forgive people who offend me. Now look, we talked about this a minute ago. I'm going to offend some people this year. So will you. By things I say, things I do, things I don't do. Things I didn't say, that I should have said. Same thing's going to happen back to me. You must make allowance for each other's faults and forgive the person who offends you. Remember, the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Now look, if I can honestly and come to terms, if I can honestly come to the terms that I mess up and I'm going to have to apologize to people, well, they're going to have to apologize to me. The question is, am I going to accept their apology? Secondly, am I going to be able to let go of things even if people don't apologize? Because to forgive means to let go. It just means to let go. It doesn't mean that what they did was right. It doesn't mean that they're getting away with it. It means, God, you're the one who handles all the world's affairs. And the Bible tells us in numerous places that vengeance is his. He'll repay. He just says, let me settle any scores that need to be settled. I just want you to let go of this so the bitterness doesn't control your heart. And some of you have heard me say this before. I've mentioned it about multiple times a year. But if I hang on to unforgiveness in my life, and I'm holding a grudge, it's like drinking a cup of poison every day hoping the other person gets sick. I'm the one who's going to get sick. And bitterness is a terrible thing. And you talk about regret. My goodness. When we hang on to bitterness, there can be great opportunities. There can be wide open doors for advancement and all kinds of things. 
It could be the most beautiful day in the world, but then somebody mentions that person's name. Then something brings a memory to mind, and now all of a sudden the doors are closed, and the sky is gray, and I can't move on. I will never forgive. So another year passes, and we didn't walk through that door, and we didn't take that step forward, because instead we chose to hang on to bitterness and unforgiveness. My friends, God does not want that for us this year. I'm going to have to choose to make amends with people I offend, and I'm going to have to choose to forgive people who offend me. It's a great resolution. We will never regret that. And if you need help with that too, and understanding how to forgive someone, please come see us. We'd be glad to talk to you. There's no one on our staff that would not welcome that opportunity, because we all have to forgive people. It's just like we need to make amends when we blow it. Thirdly, resolved. This year I'll put the needs of others ahead of my own. Galatians 5, For you've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another. In love. What if I put the other person's needs first? What if today, this year, I would actually go out and pray and say, every day and say, God, could you help me serve somebody today? It might just be opening a door for someone. It just might be... Um, I don't know, surprising someone with a gift. It might be praying for someone who's really in need or visiting someone who's in the hospital or taking someone a meal because they've been through a time of grief or a time of loss or maybe they've just had a hard time with a career change or something. Take them out for coffee and say, I was just thinking about you. And what if we did that? A kind deed and we just serve someone. For you've been called in freedom, my brothers. Don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. Instead, use your freedom to serve. When Jesus served us, died on the cross, and all we're doing is paying it forward. What if that was our goal this year? I mean, how am I going to regret that at the end of the year? Hey, what'd you do with some of your extra money? Well, you know, this year, I made a resolution at the beginning of the year that I was going to serve other people, so I set aside a little fund. I just called it my blessing fund or my serving fund, and I've used that to help people. Bought someone a tank of gas. Bought a friend a meal. Used some of the, I set aside some time every week too, so I'd have a little bit of extra time to go help people. And I just called some people and said, hey, I just wanted to help you. Help one guy move. He couldn't believe it. At the end of the year, I'm going to regret those things? Of course not. And that's why Paul says, hey, you can have all the knowledge in the world. You can have more PhDs, more letters behind your name than anybody else. But if you don't love others, nobody cares. But if you and I were to serve people, forgive people, apologize to people we offend, man, the end of this year, where is this? this is a great year. 2017 was awesome. A fourth resolution. This year, I will thank people who helped me. Story in the Old Testament a few years ago, we went through the whole book of Ruth, but she was a foreigner gleaning crops, leftover crops in a field. That's, it was the Old Testament way of taking care of the poor. There was a righteous man named Boaz who would protect widows like Ruth, who would come and do this. And here's part of the conversation. Boaz owns the field and Ruth had been gleaning in the fields, uh, crops from his fields during the morning. Boaz went over to her and said to her, listen, my daughter, stay right uh, with stride here with us when you gather grain and don't go to any other fields. Stay right behind the young women working in my field. 
See which part of the field they're harvesting and then follow them. I've warned the young men not to treat you roughly. And when you're thirsty, help yourself to the water they have drawn from the well. Ruth fell at his feet and thanked him warmly. What have I done to deserve such kindness, she asked. I'm only a foreigner. Boaz was doing resolution number three, putting the needs of others ahead of his own. And Ruth was saying thank you. And she fell at his feet. That's pretty dramatic today. I'm not, I don't know that you need to do that with most people, go and fall at their feet. What are you doing? Just doing the Bible. No, uh, I would recommend that maybe we don't need to fall at each other's feet, but we could write some thank you notes. We could send an email. We could pick up the phone. I mean, think about the regrets we have. We see someone at a party. Hey, did we ever thank them for that gift? No, let's go home. And sometimes we actually do. We avoid people because we're embarrassed. We haven't said thank you. And then there's regret. Hmm, wish I would have just said thank you. Okay. Hey, you know what you could do? Starting out 2017, if there's someone you needed to write a thank you note to in 2016, go, hey, I'm making a resolution that this year I'm going to be ready be better at writing thank you notes. So I'm starting off by writing a note to you because I should have thanked you sooner this year, but I didn't. Thank you very much. I mean, what if we did that today? And what if at the end of the year, we told people thank you a lot? How am I going to regret that I used time and resources to send thank yous? Or to call people and tell them, I can't tell you how much I appreciate you. Man, all these things matter. I was at a funeral not that long ago, and a guy had a big spray of flowers he was bringing. And um, he sat him down. He brought some flowers. He ordered some flowers. They brought him in, and you know the person read and said, "Oh, well, thank you." And my mom would have really appreciated these. And the guy said, "Yeah, I just wish I would have sent them to her while she was still alive." I mean, we send flowers after people die. What if we sent them before they died? And what if we said thank you? I mean, you and I can do this this year. Talk about a no-regret life. I said thank you to lots of people this year. I had a rich year. Resolution number five. This year I will choose to believe the best about others. Going back to the whole point that love is a choice. I'm going to have things said about me. You're going to have things said about you this year. Some of them are true and some of them are false. It's going to happen. Wish I could tell you it won't, but it will. That's human nature. We live in a fallen world. In heaven, it won't be that way, but we're just in Alabama. Okay? We're not in heaven yet. So the point is, if I'm going to live in this world, I got to choose to believe the best about others, and they're going to have to choose to believe the best about me if I'm going to put into practice the two next scripture references. Romans 13, 9. Love your neighbor as yourself. It's short. Can we say that together? Love your neighbor as yourself. Here's another one. Do to others whatever you'd like them to do to you. Can we say that together? Do to others whatever you would like them to do to you. Jesus said this is the essence of all that's taught in the law of the prophets. Hey, you know what I want people to do for me? Here's, here's a key application to all this. You know what I want people to do for me this year? I want people to believe the best about me when they hear something that's not true. Again, I wish I could tell you there will be no gossip, there will be no rumors in 2017 because John Schmidt has outlawed them, okay? They're going to happen. So here's what you and I could choose to do this year. A friend comes up and says, hey, John, did you hear about so-and-so? 
no, I didn't. Well, this is what happens. Like, yeah, I know them. I, I don't know if that's true or not. You know, I'll talk to them about what you said and things, but uh, I'll talk to them. If that's true, then I need to go talk to them. But they're my good friend, and I'm, you know, I'm just not going to believe that until that's true, until that's proven true. And even if it is true, I want to help them because that's my friend. And what if I actually lived that way? If I love people, because I want people to love me, so do you. And treating others the way I want to be treated, that's a key part of it. What if we made that a resolution? Yeah, well, you know, I don't know if that's any of my business, so I'm not going to talk about it. Man, because you think about regrets we have. Man, I was involved in this conversation, and this person heard about it, or there was this email, and I, I only forwarded it to 100 friends. But, you know, that type of thing. Things we post on Facebook, and then we find out it was completely wrong. We pass it forward. Did you hear? Did you hear? Did you hear? Well, what if we didn't do that? What if we said, you know, I'm going to believe the best. I hope this isn't true. If it is, then I'm going to pray for him. Wow. Then we wouldn't have to regret all those things we said or did and the loss of relationships over that. Number six. Resolve, this year I will show love and kindness to people who may never pay me back. I mean, it's one thing to be kind to somebody whom you know will pay you back. I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine, that type of thing. Here's what Jesus said. Love your enemies. These are acts of love. I mean, we read Hebrews 10, 24. Think of, think of ways to spur one another on. Jesus said, well, here's one way. Love your enemies. Do good to them. Lend to them without expecting to be repaid. Then your reward from heaven will be very great, listen to this, and you will truly be acting, here we go, these are actions again, acting as children of the Most High, for he's kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. James, pure and, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress, refusing to let the world corrupt you. We have a whole bunch of mission trips listed inside of an insert in your bulletin today. Uh, today in Prattville, we're having an impact meeting for orphan care today at noon. Caring for widows and orphans. This is pure and undefiled religion. Helping people who will never pay you back. I mean, we talk about enemies. Well, the people on the mission, these aren't even enemies, but these are just people who need our help. Hey, what'd you do with some of your extra funds this year? Well, I went on a mission trip. Well, I helped some needy families. Well, and some people... Uh, they adopted someone. I mean, that's incredible. I mean, think of how at the end of the year, if I pass up those opportunities, well, then my heart would be filled with regret. But if I took advantage of the opportunities God put in front of me to be on a mission trip, to go to another part of the world, to be kind to people who may never repay me, to be kind to an enemy even though they don't deserve it, to help a widow or an orphan, I'm not going to regret that. Finally, resolution number seven. This year, I'll take advantage of opportunities God gives me to express love and reconcile relationships. I'm just going to take advantage of opportunities. They're going to come, and this year, I'm going to be ready for them. I don't want to miss them. I had that chance meeting with a person I need to be reconciled with. I ran into him, bumped into him in the grocery store. I've been feeling bad about something I said last year. I know I need to apologize. I just don't know how to bring this about. Lord, please show me what to do. Please bring about an opportunity. Bang. We turn the corner, and I'm face-to-face with him at the grocery store. Oh, excuse me. Don't miss it. What if I'm ready for it this year? 
What about that person I need to say thank you to and I never got around to saying thank you and now I run into them? Hey, I'm so glad I ran into you. Can I tell you how much I appreciate you? Thank you. But what if I take advantage of those opportunities? Teach us to number our days and recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. Wise advice from Moses. Psalm 90. Ephesians 4, Paul says, don't let sin, uh, don't sin by letting anger control you. Excuse me. Don't let the sun go down when you're still angry, for anger gives foothold to the devil. Paul says, look, keep short accounts. I'm not guaranteed of tomorrow, and neither are you. We start out with 365 days. It's January you know, 8th. So we got, what, 356, 357 days left? We got a lot of days left in this year, but am I guaranteed of all those days? No. I, my mom uh, did an interesting thing. Uh, when she was diagnosed with liver cancer, they told her she only had a few months to live, and that turned out to be true. And so she made a bucket list of relatives and friends, people she loved, people she needed to be reconciled with. She wrote thank you notes. She apologized to people. Um, she gave people words of encouragement. I had one of my cousins call me and goes, your mom sent me the most amazing note. Let me read this to you. And he said, why did she do that? And he goes, well, she's always thought highly of you, and she wanted you to know. My mom made the list, and she did that because she said, I want to make sure I don't have anything left undone. She looked at it as a gift. She knew how many days she had left, and she counted backwards. I mean, what if we looked at 2017 as a gift? I got a year in front of me now. It's a blank slate. This year, I'm going to make amends when I blow it. I'm not going to wait. I'm not going to let the sun go down. If I realize I've offended you, I'm going to call you and apologize that day. This year, I'm not going to go around carrying around a bag full of bitterness on my back. I'm going to let it go. There are too many, life is too short. I don't want to waste one precious hour of this year. I'm going to thank people. As soon as I realize I need to thank them for something, I'm going to do it. Why am I waiting? What are we waiting for? This year, I'm going to choose to believe the best about people. I'm not going to waste time spreading gossip, believing rumors. I'm not going to do it. This year, I'm going to show loving kindness to people, even if they can't pay me back. I'm going to set aside some funds, and I'm going to use it. I'm going to set, some time, set aside some time, and I'm going to go on a mission trip. If the Lord lets me have that life this year, this whole year, then I'm going to use the whole year for his glory. Well, that's the best investment we can ever make. That's the best witness we'll ever have. I mean, who's not attracted to that? That's our year. Let's make this a year we will never regret. Will you pray with me, please? Lord, I don't want to regret this year. I don't want to regret missed opportunities. And Lord, so Lord, I just pray, Lord, that you would give us the strength we need. Lord, we cannot love that way. We cannot forgive unless we embrace your forgiveness for us. We cannot show kindness and serve others from a pure heart unless you give us the strength to do so. So Father, give us the strength. Father, I pray that if you reminded us of something we need to do today, a thank you we need to write, an apology we need to make, a project we need to start, that we do it right now. If the Lord spoke to you about something that needs to change in your life, right now, would you say, Lord, I heard you. I thank you for this reminder, and Lord, I want to do your will. 
If the Lord spoke to you about something, say, Lord, I heard you. If you give me the strength, I'm going to do it this year. Lord, I don't want to live this year with regret. I don't want to beat myself up. I don't want to avoid people. I want to have joy and freedom. I want to invest in loving others more than anything else. I thank you, Lord, that you love us. I pray that your love will overflow in my heart. In the name of Christ, we pray together. Amen.